Spotlight on Natural Resources. I'm Bill Wasner. With me is Peggy Doty. Welcome, Peggy. Hi, Bill. So, we're going to talk about a, a very colorful bird from our area, and that is the eastern bluebird. Yep. So, what can you tell us about the eastern bluebird? Well, historically, everybody loved the eastern bluebird. It was the focus of poetry and songs and, you know, beautiful, you know, things and Walt Disney, all those things going on. And we only have one in our area of Illinois, uh, which is the eastern bluebird. And in most eastern species of birds stop at the Mississippi. This species goes clear beyond the Mississippi and bumps into our only other two bluebirds in the United States, which are the western bluebird and the mountain bluebird. So they kind of meet and then, uh, but our eastern bluebird kind of takes over the majority of the U.S., so that's three bluebird species. Is that all that there are? Yeah. Yeah. In the United States, they are considered a bluebird by their name. Um, our eastern bluebird, the scientific name, is Cialia cialis, which basically in Greek means uh, fat bird. <laughs> because, And if you look at them, they kind of sit hunched. Like if you read about them, they'll say they're kind of a hunched bird. They don't really use their neck until they have to. Um, so, yeah, fat bird. That's what he's called, poor little thing. Well, uh... Yeah, you know, the worst, worst fates, I suppose. <laughs> so um, what other birds are mainly blue as a, as a coloration? Sort of? So people will often confuse a indigo bunting when they migrate in, but an indigo bunting, though it's small like a bluebird at you know about four and a half inches, it's all blue, whereas the bluebird has kind of a cinnamon on it, color on its chest, and some buff color. The indigo bunting is all blue. And of course, we know the blue jay, and he's, he's ten and a half inches. He's almost a foot long from nose to tail, and a bigger bird, flashier markings, louder. Um, those are the only two that really have blue on them. A lot of people will see a white-breasted nuthatch and say, oh, it's a blue jay, and it's it's a tiny bird, but it's really a gunmetal blue or a gray. Um, so they don't really classify that as a blue-colored bird. So really, you're just, your eastern bluebird, your indigo bunting, uh, your blue jay have the most significant blue on them. Interesting. So uh, are the eastern bluebirds migratory? Well, they are. However, people will say, well, they, they stay here all winter. Uh, Northern Illinois gets the lovely opportunity to be their full range, their range all the time. But what happens is the bluebirds that you might have in your yard or on your property actually will migrate further south, but the ones that live in Canada will also go south, so they just trade places. So the birds you think are the ones you had may be migrants from Canada. And as our weather patterns change, that shift won't have to happen as often. Whether anybody will do any studies to notice, you know, if we just keep ours year-round uh, as the weather patterns get warmer, or if they'll just naturally, just by habit, continue that shift. But they're really looking... Um, to be able to eat, and they go after dried berries and things on, on trees and shrubs. I see. Is it my imagination, or are they more plentiful now than they had been? They are, 50 years ago, there was tons of them, um, but we went through a phase where there weren't many, so people remember that, and now there's, they feel like all of a sudden we have a, you know, and I shouldn't say all of a sudden, but in the last, you know, so many years, all of a sudden we get more bluebirds, it's like they're everywhere. Well, that's how they used to be, 
But as we became lovers of the perfect yard and the perfect property, we started cutting down dead trees instead of leaving them. And these birds are cavity nesters. So old woodpecker holes where a branch breaks off, those are, were critical before we started making birdhouses for birds. Those are, were critical spaces. So they didn't have nesting places. We brought over... A, it's a weaver finch. It's the house sparrow. We call it an English house sparrow. That's just because the they came from England. The English uh, brought them over and set us up. And they, they didn't take, so they tried two more times, brought them over to New York. And when they took, they were going to make them as pets and they were going to eat bugs. Well, they got out of hand and then they started taking over any cavity left reducing the places eastern bluebirds could nest and then we thought oh the european starlings would be a lovely addition to eat cutworm which they did but then they also took over the spaces where the bluebirds nested and then we realized we could get rid of insects more and support our food chains for people and we started using pesticides well insects are their main diet during the warm months even though dry berries are winter these guys all they want are insects so then their food was gone so their numbers depleted um, to a critical level and birders probably Cornell any of those places were like hey we got to do something so people started uh, preserving with you know nest boxes and started to reduce the need for you know find other ways than excessive pesticide um, to promote growth on on food products and such. So how do we attract them to our areas if if we particularly like bluebirds and I, I think most people probably yeah, do. Yeah, we, we clearly still love that bluebird of happiness. <laughs> yeah. So we want to see it because it brings back that nostalgic appeal. So the best thing you can do is plant native plants in your yard that attract native insects. Their diet, you need to set the table for them. They want insects, so in order to get bluebirds you need to have insects some people will also buy mealworms and put those in a tray they love those but so do robins and any other bug eating animals so you wouldn't get just bluebirds you can also put up a bluebird box which is very specific um, in the size of the hole and shape of the box there you can find those anywhere online eastern bluebird boxes or you can put up a bluebird trail if you have big property and put one about every hundred yards I know that seems like far away but they are very competitive which might be from all those other invaders we've had. Um, and you can promote promote places for them to um, nest by not cutting down every dead tree if you have a large piece of property. Um, and they really like open space. So if you have a nest box and like a field, it would be better to put it by the field than tucked into the woods anywhere. I see. Where can we go for more information? Well, new stuff for everyone, including you. We now have a new wildlife website, and we've gone into University of Illinois Extension has gone in with many large organizations, in, including IDNR and Wildlife and Fish Fund. And the new website is very simple. It's simply wildlifeillinois.org. And you will find all that same information from our old uh, URL, including identification, seasonal behaviors of animals, management, tips to prevent problems. All those same things are on, on our site still. Very nice. Well, for another edition of Spotlight on Natural Resources, this has been Bill Wastner and Peggy Doody.